Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt. I'm a functional medicine nutritionist with a feisty attitude in over a decade of clinical experience. I work with women all over the world through my online programs, and I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Academy, a 12-month practitioner mentorship where I help other nutrition pros level up with functional medicine methodologies. I've got a bone to pick with diet culture and the conventional healthcare model that are both systematically failing so many of us. Creating a new model is my life's work, and this is what the show's all about. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive deep. And before we start off the show, we got a shout out show sponsor. BioCult is a phenomenal probiotic company. The Boosted product is the one that I most recommend. It is broad spectrum, great price point. And um, at the end of last year, I had kind of like a weird amount of people reach out to me to tell me how much they are loving BioCult. People literally wrote like multiple times, this probiotic has changed my life. So people are out there, the people have spoken and they are out there getting the good results. And that is something that I, as a clinician, is super important to me. I've had, you know, a lot of people ask me like, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this product? And sometimes I look at products and I'm like, I think they have a really great marketing budget, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. But for me as a healthcare practitioner, I'm always like, cool, you're using a lot of like big fancy buzzwords, but like, does your product actually help people? That's the most important thing to me. So it delights me to hear that so many of you are benefiting from the BioCult Boosted Probiotic. If you haven't tried it before, head to the link in our show notes, use code FUNK15 to save 15% off of your probiotic purchase. With the state of the world over the past couple of years, so many of my clients and listeners have told me that their sleep has really been impacted. So I feel I'd be doing you a massive disservice if I didn't introduce you to our sponsor, Ned, because they have a solution for you. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants. It's grown by an independent farmer and his family in Colorado. Now, Ned's co-founder and I sat down and had a really lovely conversation about sourcing and farming practices and how they chose their farm. And this company is the real deal. I've been using these products for a while now with incredible results. So Ned's best selling sleep blend offers a natural solution for a good night's sleep. It contains CBN, which is a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep. It has seven 150 milligrams of CBD. And it also has uh, organic and wildcrafted botanicals. You all know that I love Nervine herbs. So it has oat straw, lemon balm, passion flower, skull cap. These are herbs that help to relax the body and promote sleep. If you need help unwinding at night, I highly recommend purchasing the Dream Set because it also contains Mellow, which is their awesome magnesium blend that features GABA and L-theanine. This is a non- negotiable in my nighttime routine lately. If you'd like to conquer sleep with Ned's dream set, Functional Nutrition Podcast listeners get 15% off with code FUNK. Go to helloned.com forward slash FUNK or enter code FUNK at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot 
ned.com slash F-U-N-K to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Hello, my friends. We are back with more Dr. Kristen Zames. It's a Zames rock block. The name of the game today is pelvic floor health and why you need to know about it. And if you're like, yeah, I don't care. Well, listen up. If you're peeing your pants, if you get on a trampoline and you wet yourself, if you sneeze and you wet yourself, if you have constipation, if you have diarrhea, if you have bladder dysfunction, if you have any type of sexual dysfunction or bowel dysfunction, yeah, this episode's for you. Or or even if you're like lifting and you've got some like weird low back pain, you're going to want to listen up. The pelvis is like the entire center of your body. So it influences just about everything. Kristen's going to explain why there are overlaps between pelvic floor dysfunction and GI dysfunction. So if you've got digestive issues, you're going to want to tune into the show. If you struggle with recurring SIBO, like this SIBO infection that you just can't clear, we also got some juicy gems in there for you. So pelvic floor, lots of goodies. This is kind of Dr. Kristen's jump off. Um, I shall talk about, there was really no extensive training on the pelvic floor. Uh, when she was going to school, she graduated from Simmons college. She holds a doctorate in physical therapy and she kind of had to figure this out on her own because she realized her patients weren't really getting the help that they needed. So she has extensive advanced training in pelvic floor, bladder, bowel, sexual dysfunction. That's kind of her uh, specialty. And she's the exactly the person to talk about it. And she has helped me. I went through, um, had sort of like a, not an injury, but we were like on the cusp of maybe an injury. And so I went directly to her and she helped me out. I learned a ton, got myself out of pain. And so now I'm moving pretty effectively. She also taught me how to breathe, which I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that was something I didn't know how to do. So so she is a true magician. I love her. You're going to love her too. Here's the interview. Okay, here we are. Welcome back. It's me again. <laughs> Can't shake you. <laughs> I love it. Love the podcast. Love so Aaron the- Holt. The name of the game is Pelvic Floor 101. You've been talking about the pelvic floor. It's a specialty of yours. Um, you've been on the show before. We we like, you know, circled around it a little bit, but now I think we have to go like all in on the pelvic floor today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked, talked about pain and women in healthcare, but this was, this is the bread and butter. This is where I started. So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk all about pelvic floor. It's a little bit of my soapbox. It totally is. And for good reason. I mean, well, I should also say that I worked with you. I mean, I've worked with you over the years, but the most recent stint was specifically on the pelvic floor. I was doing a lifting program and I started to like feel sensations. That's all I can say. It's like, it wasn't pain. I wasn't in pain. I didn't have an injury, but I had Kristen's, you know, she had planted a bug over the years of like, Hey, we might want to do stuff before it becomes an injury. And so yeah, I we just were sort called- of skirting around the issue. Like, yeah, I know your shoulder hurts and it's your toe and what, totally. what about the pelvic floor? What about pelvic floor? It all comes back. And turns out my pelvic floor was very weak and very tight, which is not uncommon, right? Like that's very, it's like the thing that we see. And, and that's the thing when people think pelvic floor, you think, oh, well, yeah, I do Kegels. That's a, a strengthening 
term, you know, just sort of tighten your your pelvic floor or strengthen it and all will be well. Um, and that's just not true in most cases. Um, so it, with you specifically, it's it had to be almost mobilized. So you need range of motion in anything before you can strengthen it well. Um, and when your pelvic floor is tight, and we'll go into all those reasons, it um, it is weak, but it is not. It doesn't have the range of motion, and so problems can arise, which is basically what my clinic does. Problems arise in this area, interpatients. And I'm just super glad that now everybody knows Aaron holds pelvic floor. You heard it here first. It needed to be mobilized. (laughs) It did. It did need to be mobilized. It wasn't moving well. It was unhappy. I didn't even know about it. I was like, what's that? What's that? Okay. So let's talk about- Now it's happy, right? (laughs) Yeah, it is. Let's take it from the very top. What is the pelvic floor? We'll start with the basics. Okay. Pelvic floor is everything. Let's start there. Yep. Yep. Um, It is the foundation of the body. It is really what I would call the true core. It is a group of muscles that is, I'm making a bowl with my hands here. Like it's the, it's the center of the body, the, the lower portion it's connected by two pelvic bones. And the front is really kind of the pubic symphysis where it's the front of your pelvis and the back is the tailbone it attaches. So the side are the hips. There's so much in this group of muscles. I'm really simplifying it. There's nerves that go through there. There's ligaments, um, but it is a generally a muscular group of uh, a group of muscles that react and they support the organs. So it, when it's working well, um, you pee and poop and have great sex. Um, when it's not working well, those things don't happen so well. It doesn't have to be all those symptoms, but it can be, it can be pain. It can be urinary issues. It can be bowel issues. Um, it can be sexual function issues. Um, but all of those occur because this is such a vital portion, a a vital group of, um, muscles and anatomy that plays a part in all of those functions. Does the pelvic floor relate to the diaphragm at all? So it, they're, they're, I call them sisters. Um, they, they work in concert together. Um, so the diaphragm is sort of under your rib cage, it's breathing muscle. Um, and it's very, they can be very similar because the diaphragm is both voluntary and involuntary. So you don't, you don't like think about moving your diaphragm every day in your rib cage. You don't think about every breath in or breath out. We would die very quick. Um, and there is that sort of function in the pelvic floor too. The pelvic floor ebbs and flows with your breath. And so there's a very intimate connection, which is why so much of the work we do is breath work and figuring out how to help people coordinate breath and pelvic floor because they move together. So when they expand, they expand at the same time. And when they contract or sort of retract together, they, they do that together as well. So there should be this, this real, um, um, you know, expansion sort of like, think about your breath when, when your belly or your rib cage, and it should be your rib cage, um, expands and retracts. That is the same thing that this bowl should do. People just don't know they have a bowl, haven't thought about it. You know, it's almost like the core stops at the stomach, um, because that's the information we've been given. Uh, so yeah, there's a very intimate connection of those two actually with voice as well. So if you think about, um, pelvic floor, the diaphragm, actually the, um, arch of the foot and the vocal cords embryologically are all very connected as, um, 
the the domes of the body um and there's a whole lot of cool stuff um involved in that but when we actually do vocal work with people it can help your pelvic floor automatically and voluntarily um do what it's supposed to do and then also just as a connection piece it's just like if you do a high-pitched noise your pelvic floor should just tighten up a little bit like huh like it just should like tighten up and when you do a low low pitch voice like a like kind of sort of a guttural uh, moan it should expand um and so we use that automatic function but there's voluntary also so you can um you can hold your breath you can change your breath pattern same thing with the pelvic floor you can tighten it you can lift it um higher or, or you know sort of more of a contraction and then you should be able to elongate it as well so um it's just much different than your bicep or you know your quad and your knee what, what people have been thinking about that, seeing it, working with it. This is just such an area that unfortunately hasn't been, um, we haven't been educated on. So there's a real neural, um, a, a lack of neurons, you know, like the neural mapping in our brain. It's almost like, it's just not there. It's very fuzzy. The it's, I, I sometimes call it like, it's not like a, a highway. It's like a forest. It's like dirt roads, like shrubs, you know, you have to like clear a path and that's kind of how nerves work. You know, the, the more you use it, the, the more clear, the more, the quicker they fire. Um, yeah, this is often a, a very, uh, shrubby forest for people. Yeah. I can certainly relate because there was, you were telling me like how to breathe using my pelvic floor. And I was like, what now? And this is coming from somebody who taught yoga for years too. And I just, I couldn't uh, understand, like I couldn't connect the words that you were saying with like what I was supposed to be doing with my body. So we were like, we had to build it from like ground floor where you yeah. were even explaining to me like how to, like, I, I didn't, I couldn't, access in my head. I couldn't access the pelvic floor. If that makes any sense. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, that makes it? Like, what yeah. do you mean? What does that feel like? What do I, how do I do that? Yeah. There, I mean, that's why we, we have to have so many cues and part of my job is getting in your brain of thinking, okay, how do you, how do you feel your body? How do you think? Um, because the way I do it is different and we've come across this where actually our brains are very different. <laughs> you think in like, chemistry terms. And I think in like physical, like movement physics. So, um, we would have been great partners in, in, in college or something, but like <laughs> not in the same classes. Um, yeah. So everybody does, is that a little different? I mean, I've had people that don't feel their body and, but when they move in a certain way, they feel a certain emotion or certain colors or, you know, but then they see their body versus feel their body. That's why we have so many, there's automatic, like the vocal cues are so great. And then we think like, you know, sometimes you hold a ball between your legs or, you know, we just have to figure out, we just have to play and see what resonates with your body. And sometimes usually there's a, there's an aha moment that people are like, wait, what was that? And you're like, yes, yes, there it is. It turned on. Yeah, and then for we me, just go from the, there. The cue was like everything exp when you inhale, everything expands out. So I got that concept with the rib cage. Obviously, the rib cage has has to move so the lungs can inflate. Like I get that in right. my head. I didn't also realize that like the pelvic floor would be expanding or like dropping down with that breath. Like everything expands out, and then on the exhale, everything comes back to center. Once you said that, I was like, bingo. Okay, like yeah. now I'm starting to get it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've had some people, it's like, okay, pretend there's a magnet in these areas and they're going away from each other and coming towards each other. And then sometimes it's like, nope, that's not going anywhere. Okay. Let's the next one. That's, and you just, you know, because you just have to use it in so many different ways 
until you see what I see in your eyes where it's just like, yeah, you get it. Now you feel it. So whatever I said it, in whatever way, you have to find that because everybody feels and, you know, that's language. Language means different things to different people. Just and I think you, we all experience our bodies in very different ways and some like not really, really at all. So how would people know you if they have issues with the pelvic floor? What are some telltale signs from you, from you that you were like, okay, we're dealing with this? Yeah. So the easiest signs that somebody has a pelvic floor dysfunction is if there is a dysfunction in a urinary system, a bowel system, or sexual function, the pelvic floor is involved very, very closely. Um, so if you have leakage, if you go to the bathroom way too much, if you have that sudden urgency where you're like, Hey, everything's fine. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, it's totally not fine. Gonna pee my pants. Um, that type of thing. Those are classic urinary issues that the pelvic floor could either be tight or weak, or it really it's, it's both, but it's really, is it in spasm or is it just like, on vacation. Um, and that's kind of what we, what we figure out, but how is it related to your dysfunction and how can we optimize it? Looking at the pelvic floor just alone is one piece of it. It's the most obvious piece, but it doesn't work alone. And that's the cool thing about what I love about the pelvic floor. And it's actually what drove me to understand the pelvic floor more when I was a therapist and I would, I was really into spine. Um, and it just, I, I like puzzles. I didn't like easy answers. I was bored too quick. So um, the spine was always complicated and it was challenging. And very quickly I thought, well, why are we, why are we not looking like two vertebrae below uh, like this, this major area that's connected to the spine I and mean, we didn't even learn it. And I mean, we, the, the learning was so, so, so minor in, in our professional education. And it still is with, with a lot of doctors. Um, it, it's like a very cursory course. It's like, yeah, here's the anatomy let's move on. Um, it, so it, that's kind of a, uh, another soapbox, but it's, we had to, we had to figure this out. We had to figure out, oh, wait, there's this huge area that has a lot of muscles and a, a lot of ligamentous structure, which is actually the core. Um, and once I understood that and connected it to the spine and the hips, it was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this makes so much sense. Like we should start here. And, and, you know, the body works in different ways. There's always diff different drivers. Sometimes it's a foot problem that causes, a neck problem. Sometimes it's a neck problem that causes a foot problem, but guess what's in the middle the pelvis. The pelvis is always part of it. And honestly, when I train therapists and I talk to therapists now, I don't understand how you don't include the pelvic floor. You might not have to do the level of treatment that we do, but you have to screen it and you have to understand it because it it's like all roads cross through the pelvis, the spine, the pelvis, the sacrum, uh, it's just, it's just the root of the body. It's like the foundation of the house. Um, and you have to make sure your foundation is strong before you can build out. That's just kind of how mechanics work in the body. It's like trying to like support the immune system without like paying attention to the gut. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, it's the, it's the foundation. It's, it's like our bodies go towards homeostasis, you know, and there's just this like baseline level of resiliency in every cell in our body, 
but the body also operates kind of like a little bit of a Jenga puzzle too. And it's like, if one thing's off, it's like, oh, compensate, compensate. And this one's twist. And, and the body's great at that and it can do it quite well, but you know, at a certain point it falls. So, and that's usually symptoms and symptoms are warnings. Sometimes it falls where you have a major issue, but symptoms are warnings that something isn't happening to the body. And we're so great, especially as women at ignoring the signs of our body. You know, pain is just one of them. Um, something happening that's not right in your body, anxiety, depression, pain, leakage, um, all of them, all of those are signs that you're just, you know, it could be better. You got have to figure these things out. Listen, listen to your body and, and uh, optimize it. Well, I mean, I think a lot of women experience shame or feel shame around this part of our body just the way that we brought up, or perhaps there was trauma. So it's like, if no one's asking us about this part of our body, then usually we're not just like offering that up. Like, Hey, I pee when I sneeze. Or, you know, for me, it's like, I remember I've had clients say to me like, well, nobody's ever asked me about my poop. I didn't know it was not normal to like, you know, poop five times a day. I just thought that like, that's what everybody did. Cause like, how would I know any different? Nobody's really talking about this stuff. So Yeah, that's bananas. I mean, I think that's where you and I come together so well is that we screen people now, um, you know, where we start is what we feel is the foundation. So, you know, how is your nervous system, which means your stress management, which is, is your gut, your, uh, urinary, you know, relationships. Do you ever have fun? Do you laugh? Like, what is this full picture of you as a human? Um, because it really matters. It, because how your pelvic floor became tight is, is a symptom of the whole person. And so we really want to get the whole person back to where you want to be. Um, and, and just treating one symptom, especially in the pelvic floor, it it just, it just doesn't work. It's, uh, it's probably very similar to, you know, Oh, I have diarrhea. It's like, let's just give that you know, some fiber. It's like, well, I'm sure there's a, like, that's just, there's a whole slew of issues that if there's so, you can't just say that's a symptom that has a treatment. It's just, it's just a much bigger issue. And that's what I've loved about the pelvic floor is that it's not simple because I, I just, I don't like, um, superficial. I just, I like getting it to the heart of everything. You know, what's the real issue? What's the real why? Like, let's really dig deep because that's where the magic happens. When I see people transform and start to talk about these issues and feel comfortable and start to be like, what the hell, why doesn't anybody ask me? And they start advocating for themselves saying, yeah, I, you know, our medical education is dated, still dated. Um, and we have to empower patients to understand what wellness looks like and to demand really care from their providers. Unfortunately, the providers are so darn busy and it's just a whole system issue that, you know, they don't even have two seconds to deal with anything, but like, you know, the Band-Aid approach. So it's, it's pretty screwed up on a many, level, many levels. Let's, and so many people tune into the show for GI related stuff, digestive stuff, can you explain the crossover between the pelvic floor and GI dysfunction? I know you see a lot of it on your end. I obviously see a lot of it on my end, but like, what's the link? Cause I don't think people would really, okay. kind of, you know, be super aware yeah, yeah. of this. So the, I, I see it in two major buckets. One is mechanical. So 
sometimes I describe the whole uh, digestive tract as if it was an alphabet, if it was A to Z, A being the mouth, Z being the, the anus, that um, the pelvic floor helps with X, Y, and Z. And, and, you know, there's so much that has to happen for digestion in the mouth, you know, this is where you come in all the way down um, and then coming out, but to actually mechanically hold stool in the pelvic floor and the sphincters are responsible for holding things in when you want it to stay in. And then when peristalsis happens and you should listen to that and go to the bathroom and you sit down, your brain should say, okay, I'm ready. And that is when the door should open and you have the pelvic floor mobility and strength and abilities to actually help have a productive bowel movement. And that's assuming you have the right type of stool, that it's um, formed well um, and all of that, which of course is where you come in. That's a, it's a whole lot of uh, steps to make that happen. Um, there's a lot of health there that has to happen, but just mechanically it's the door that opens and closes. We don't want it open when it should be closed and um, we don't want it closed when it should be open. And so that we do a lot of training just to make you aware and help you understand how to open and close the pelvic floor. I'm simplifying it, but like when it should be happening. Because um, if it's not doing that, then you might see uh, constipation or diarrhea yeah. or leakage that those sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So if you basically, if you're, if, sometimes if you're sort of, I'm quoting this pushing because there's like mechanics involved in it, you're actually pushing and the pelvic floor muscles and sphincters are closing. And so it's almost like you're trying to push something out of an elevator door that's closing, which then expands the rectum can cause all sorts of other issues, but that's somewhat what happens with constipation as well. So then you, you have, um, you know, the elevator door, the, the elevator is actually huge and the door is very tiny. And so it's just not, um, made well to like go down the tube well. Um, so it, it just doesn't work very well. It's a, it's a system that is really quite smart, but once it's, it gets screwed up, the compensation is just short-term and it, it snowballs. And so, yes, you can have diarrhea, which can actually be a constipation issue. You can have actual constipation, um, where, you know, you sort of, it's more traditional, like I can't go. Um, and, and then with the being bound up, you can have leakage. Um, you can even just, it can sort of back up so that you have more digestive issues that way. So, um, yeah. And then there's lots of surgeries, there's cancers, you know, all, all sorts of procedures that happen in that area that can make it really challenging too. And so we basically just do our best to make that area work as well as it can. And so you're not working against yourself to optimize that area. So when you say surgeries, like, you know, like a surgery through the abdomen or like an endometriosis surgery, or I mean, it can. And so when you have pain in any area, abdomen, rectum, um, hips, back, vulva, any of those areas, you're going to have your pelvic floor spasm and protection. And when it's spasm and trauma, so most of the issues we see the pelvic floor is, is responding in a, in a protective way because the pelvic floor actually is very protective. And so if I were to get startled right now, the, the automatic, 
uh, occurrence in my body would be a pelvic floor and some of these deeper muscles protection, you, you guard. Um, so then you add traffic, pandemic, wars, like, uh, like you know, everything that, that is our today's culture, your pelvic floor actually protects, protects, protects. There's a lot of guarding. And so even if you have somebody that comes in, they have issues and they say, oh, well, I don't think I've had a trauma. I don't think, you know, like a, a big T trauma. I don't, you know, I can't remember when anything happened. Just a, a sensitive person that, that has all these in, inputs and, and has maybe some anxiety, like, or even just lives on a daily basis with kids and whatever, like you, your pelvic floor likely will be over protective and spastic. And that's, I would say nine out of 10 people that we see, that's what's happening more so than weakness, just weakness. Um, so to get back to that, yes. Yeah, so if that's happening, the, the, uh, the issue might be this overprotection in the pelvic floor, but the symptom might actually be that you can't go to the bathroom anymore. Um, and so, you know, if people are seeing you and they're figuring out all these digestive issues, but their door is still broken, it's not going to go anywhere. So it's like, you know, that's why we work really well with, you know, people that can help with the gut because it's, it's a, it's a through Z has to, has to be functioning well for it all to happen properly. And we're going to quickly interrupt this discussion to shout out one of our show sponsors. As a reminder, the support of our sponsors is what allows the Functional Nutrition Podcast to continue to pump out new content to you. So we always thank them. We hope that you support them too. One thing that I hear from clients often is I used to be able to drink wine and now I can no longer tolerate. And there's a reason for that. We talk a lot on the show about processed food, but wine can be extremely processed as well. There are 76 additives legally approved for use in winemaking. This can be dyes, thickeners, GMO yeast, and the top 20 wines sold in the US, the most popular ones, all contain high levels of sugar. So my answer to that problem is dry farm wines. I've had a subscription for them uh, for years and I absolutely love every single bottle they sell. They are organically, biodynamically grown, sugar-free, low alcohol, and they source wines from small family growers. So if you're like me and you enjoy the occasional glass of wine while you're cooking with your family, head to dryfarmwines.com forward slash funk. For Functional Nutrition Podcast listeners, they're offering an extra bottle in your first box for a penny. You get free shipping and delivery straight to your door. So check them out and enjoy. And to all of my Organifi loving friends, get excited, get ready for Organifi's newest product, green apple juice. Yum. It's like a healthy apple juice with all the benefits of the original green juice. If you don't love the taste of the original green juice, this one is for you. It's made with organic apples that are hand-picked, Golden Delicious, Northern Spy, Macintosh, Ida Red, and Empire. So real deal apples are up in this blend. It also has the added benefit of 600 milligrams of ashwagandha, which is an adaptogen that helps the body cope with stress and can balance out cortisol levels. It also has really potent and nourishing green plants like moringa, spirulina, and chlorella. 
It's so good. You're going to absolutely love it. Order it today. Head to Organifi.com forward slash funk, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash funk, and you can save 20% off your order with the code F-U-N-K. You know, we, we talked about this on the last show, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it was like four years ago now, So, but I think um, like the, the, the benefit of having a team. I had somebody say like, I was really hoping that this provider was going to be the answer. And I'm like, you can never put a provider in that, in that position. Cause it's setting you guys both up for failure. I, I have cl- seen us like clear SIBO, clear bacteria. Like I can run stool, like all the tests and the st- tests can be squeaky clean and people still can have lingering digestive issues. I can't, from my side of things, I can't do anything if it's a mechanical issue. Like there's not really a whole lot right. that I can do. So I'm always like, I just find that the more I do this work, especially with the more um, complex puzzle piece, uh, cases, the more I'm referring out to you for pelvic floor stuff or visceral manipulation, like hands on the body to see if there's a structural issue or something mechanical going on that like no amount of like berberine or oregano oil or supplemental protocol is going to help resolve. Yeah. And vice versa. You know, we have somebody that comes, oh, you know, they have a pelvic floor issue because all those people you just mentioned all have pelvic floor issues but it might be very quickly optimized. It may be very challenging to optimize. You know, how much is it contributing 10%? Is it 80% of the issue? That's always the question. We'll see people that are having 10 bowel movements a day, so irritated. And yes, they have a mechanical pelvic floor issue, but until we figure out what's happening, that irritation isn't going anywhere. And and the pelvic floor is going to protect. Pain is the same way, Sue. So you you have to have a full team approach. Um, it's, it's just the only way it works well. I mean, sometimes we'll have people come and they've done a lot of work, their guts in a better place and their nutrition is so much better that I love seeing those people because the mechanical issue. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sometimes challenging, but it's like, we're set up for success when it's the opposite. It's, it's challenging. And, and it's not, and, and the work you all do is there's not one pill for it. There's not a, okay, take this for a week. You'll be better. Then we'll work on this. It's, you know, it's, it's a long process. It's, it's, it's a lot to figure out. And it can feel so discouraging for anyone listening. That's like, oh, this is like, sounds like a lot of time, a lot of dedication, a lot of money. And like, yeah, it probably will be. And also like, <sighs> do you want to feel like this for the rest of your life? Like I spent a shit ton of money getting healthy. I will be the first person to admit that. But now it's like my body just kind of does what it's supposed to. For the most uh, yeah, part, you know, I, know, without, I know. Without so much input. Um, you know, I definitely was somebody who had to like d- dig myself out of a big hole, but I suspect that a lot of people listening to the show would be in that same category. Yeah. And I think the, the other piece relates to what you just said is that the, the gut and the pelvic floor there's such a nervous system connection. So if, if, if you have the, the, so the autonomic, autonomic nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic, it's that fight or flight and rest and digest. You, you need homeostasis. You need both. You need, you know, if you're startled, you need to come back down to baseline. If you work out, you need to come back down to baseline. So the body is meant to manage stressors, but if we have stressors all day, all night for years, we don't do so hot with that. And that's who we both see 
so many people that are in that category. And that takes a while to heal from. That takes um, a lot to figure out what's happening with my nervous system. Because again, yes, your pelvic floor is in this protective guarding and there's all these issues, but if you're in um, an environment, whether it's work or home or you know, from your childhood, whatever it is, that the, the need for that protective response is still there, we're never gonna get anywhere really where, where all of us wanna be because of that response, um, which is why I've started doing a lot of HRV, uh, heart rate variability training, um, because it, that data is, can be very helpful to people to find balance again in their nervous system. Then does their gut start working a little bit better? Is their pelvic floor mobilized without them thinking about it? You know, like, that's that homeostasis, like, like you're saying, like things just work the way they should because you're listening, you're taking care of yourself, you're eating well, you're working, you know, like all the things. And yeah, like it's not going to work that way. If you don't do those things, you will go down a path of, you know, some symptom at a certain point. And it, it's frustrating that our healthcare system isn't set up to support that sort of um, wellness, but it's not, it's a sick care system. And so we just have to figure out how to advocate for ourselves and prioritize some of that so that that you can um, go on that journey for yourself because it takes a while. You know, once you find the right team, which in itself is a hard thing to do, it's it's like a year. It's a year process sometimes to to really understand and to make make these changes. Um, and so it's always this like back and forth of like little mechanical, emotional, some spiritual work, some physical work, back and forth, back and forth. But it's all important, and it has to work in concert, or it's just never never going to actually get to where you want to be, where you deserve to be. Right, like sustainable. Sustainable. Thing. Yeah. Like this, it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't feel like so hard every day. Like, oh my gosh, I have to do so much work to keep myself healthy. It should just feel like life that you're, you know, life is life. There's ups and downs, but there's resiliency that doesn't, shouldn't feel so exhausting. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to ask this or this wasn't part of my plan, but I just, a couple of weeks ago, I had posed that question to somebody, or maybe it was just, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter when, um, somebody was like, what do you do if you're so sick that like taking care of yourself feels challenging? And I'm like, is there any part of you that like is holding on to a belief that healing has to be hard? Health has to be a struggle. And I think because you and I do tend to work with people that would be put in the chronic bucket, I do see a lot of people that kind of are, are like, you know, I'm ready to work. I got to put in work. This has to be hard. This has to be a struggle. And what would you say to somebody who feels that way? Yeah, I, I think it's really just, are you ready to prioritize yourself? Which sometimes comes down to, I know you've done several podcasts on this is boundaries and, um, you know, just, just knowing what you want to do. I, I think I, I've seen so much nervous system healing more than any one technique or food, medicine, anything, when people start to advocate for themselves and transform and just say no to people and say, I want this and they do it because they want it. Um, when that starts to happen, I see healing happening. It's just like, they're on the train. Thank, thank God we're on the train. Let's go. Um, so it's hard, it's, but there's so much involved. And that's why 
it's hard to do this work without really coaching and talking, you know, um, what people would say like, oh, this feels like therapy. It's like, yeah, but you can't, you can't also just sit with a therapist and not talk about what your body's doing. You can't, you can't really heal your body and not talk about what your brain's doing. Cause guess what? They drive each other. They're connected. We can't pretend that they're not. Absolutely. So the, the crossover between GI and pelvic floor, you said there was two things. One is mechanical. The other is nervous system, nervous system, because yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I mean the nervous system. So when you're in that sympathetic overdrive or that fight or flight all the time, you're not going to have optimized digestion. You're going to be in that protective pelvic uh, floor position. And so that's a common pattern we see. Um, and so it's, you know, chicken of the egg type of thing. Like, do you do a little mechanical work? Does that actually drive a lot of change or do you need to do some gut work that actually drives some pelvic floor change? You just, you just have to play around and, and there's not one solution for, for, you know, for the, a group of people, it's everybody's unique and how they respond to different treatments. So, which is why I love it. So one thing that I've recommended to folks, um, who have motility issues or chronic or recurring, I should say SIBO infections, like they just can't seem to clear SIBO is visceral manipulation. I feel like it can be such a game changer for folks. And that is a service that you offer at the clinic, not you specifically, but you offer that at your clinic. Can you tell us a little bit? I really want to introduce people to this um, this technique if they've never heard of it before. Right. Okay. So it is, it's been a real, real nice addition to our practice. And, you know, sometimes you add a service, you think, oh, this will be nice for some people. And then you think, oh, I don't, we can't not have this. This is, this is imperative to the, the work we do. Um, so the viscera refers to the organs. So think about, um, you know, if you have something mobilized, like a, a, a joint, you, you want the most motion out of it. Well, the same thing can occur in the organs. So the way the kidneys and the liver and um, really the, dia- the diaphragm and, and the uterus, all the organs, they should move in a certain way with all the fascia that's connected um, all the way up and down the body. And there's the fascia is um, like the like connective tissue that holds the whole body together. And it's really, you know, there's, there's connections head to toe. And so, um, when things don't move well, these areas cannot move well also. And so what Andrea does is, um, sort of magic and, from a very uh, sort of medical standpoint, she mobilizes the organs so that they move well. What ends up happening is there's a little bit of, like I said, magic and slight witchcraft maybe that happens. Um, but what it really is, is, is she is really, um, very intuitive and there's an energy medicine component to this where she does a process called listening. And, um, it's amazing. Actually, sometimes she'll see images that relate to the patients and, um, and they will say, Oh, how did you know that? Like, she'll be drawn to a certain area. So she listens to the body and is drawn to a certain area. And that could be the shoulder that could be the kidney that could be, you know, the hip and anything, um, before she hears the story, then she'll hear the story and do her sort of more traditional physical therapy, mechanical assessment. But this is where we can't just be mechanical. That's not how the body works. And so 
she will work on optimizing the movement of the abdomen, the organs. Um, you know, there's off, oftentimes an emotional component to it. Um, the organs have, you know, you can go back and look at, um, you know, Eastern medicine where certain organs have, are related to, you know, libido or, um, um, you know, energy production, you know, the different things. And it, it can feel, it's, very, it's sometimes hard when you're in that realm of medicine to say like, look, cause and effect and be a real scientist about it. But I would say, don't close your mind off to it because there's a lot we don't know. And um, when something works, it just works. And so if it works for you, that's great. Um, and so when you, if you, anybody has endometriosis, um, and, um, abdominal surgeries, cesarean sections, um, gut issues, that's a, all those, those, any type of diagnosis like that is a red flag for us that definitely visceral work is uh, the best treatment plan for this person. It, it would, it would be unfortunate to just have a mechanical plan without it. And the, the beautiful thing about it is that it's a very gentle technique. I mean, you might think nothing's happening, um, but it only has to be done every three to four weeks. So it's actually quite nice to fit into a treatment plan where you're working on maybe like the breath work and awareness and how you're moving and how um, can you feel your pelvic floor in certain movements and is it automatically functioning? And, and let me see how it's connected with your hips and your rib cage and all of that work, but and also this abdominal visceral work. Again, we just don't want to ignore certain parts of the body. Um, and that's every like five years, I feel like, how did I not know this part of the body existed? <laughs> why was I, why did I ignore it for so long? And, you know, we're, I think, I think we might have them all now, but I'm sure there's <laughs> going to be more. And I, it's so with, to make that SIBO connection is that we can, <clears throat> Cause I know a lot of people deal with that. Um, if there's any type of adhesions or scar tissue from surgery, like surgeries or, or otherwise, um, even inflammation, can, just inflammation in certain parts of the gut. Absolutely. That can definitely, uh, you know, make you more susceptible to like not being able to get rid of SIBO. Um, and so the visceral manipulation just brings movement into that area. Yeah. Movement and optimization. I mean, uh, uh like, if there's, in order to have proper digestion, every, you know, there's, there's movement of all the organs when I'm walking, you know, just movement. And if it's, if it's sort of like stuck, um, then you're going to have, you know, you could have a shoulder issue because, um, there's an adhesion somewhere in your organs. Same thing when, you know, food and, um, it's supposed to move through it, it may sort of get stuck in certain areas and there might be pockets or that, you know, it just doesn't, it's just not optimized. And so do those areas of prop of, of, you know, like dysfunction create a dysfunction that's actually symptomatic or creating or contributing to the, you know, the bigger issue. That makes sense. And I I've certainly seen a lot of clients have really good res results with it. So it's kind of like one of those things, like, I know it works. I just didn't totally understand the whys behind it, but I'm like, it works, go do it. Um, okay. So I would like to close out with giving some people some ideas of like, all right, so some of what they're saying sounds like it might be me. I kind of fit that picture. Um, what can I, what, are there things that I can do about it? Yeah, I would say that a pelvic floor therapist would be an excellent team member. Um, I, I was going to say, if you've ever had babies, it it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, 
there, there's definitely issues if you've had babies. Um, and you can still be very healthy, but they're different. And so just to understand those issues and how they relate to your new body, um, I think that that's a, that's a, a an easy start. Um, but if you have, um, if you have aches and pains, if you have issues that haven't been able to, you really feel resolved. Um, and then if you have urinary bowel sexual issues, ask somebody about it. Um, and I know that might feel like you should be asked and you should, but um, we have to kind of help the medical system catch up. Um, so the, those of you who are doing this education on your own, being advocates for yourself, um, you're actually in a great position to educate your providers um, and, and ask these questions and, and find people in your area. And there's some great, great pelvic floor physical therapists. We tend to be people who um, don't, um, aren't simple. Uh, like we've looked for answers, like in order to get to be good at being a pelvic floor therapist, you had to sort of search um, you had to find your own way, find your own education. Um, there's not uh, just a one-stop shop, um, but you can always ask for um, you know people that have experience, people that should be connected with your GI team, your gut team, um, therapy, nervous system, uh, and any wellness centers. I, I mean, that's like God that we should we should all live together, <laughs> where we could just come and rotate from provider to provider. That would be the dream. Um, okay. So thank you for all of this. Super helpful. Definitely give some people some next steps. Kristen owns Oceanside in Oceanside Physical Therapy in Stratum, New Hampshire. Where else can people find and connect with you? Yeah. So on, on our website, there's all of our emails around there. My email is kristin.zames at oceansidept.com. Um, you know, give us a call. We do virtual visits as well. Um, we, we try to just meet you where you are. I think people often reach out and say, you know, I can't come all the time, but trust me, even a couple sessions is a great starter. You don't have to be able to do something, um, in totality to, to start it. Like just, just start, just reach out, just do a virtual visit and talk to somebody or, um, you know, we do assessments where you get to talk to a therapist for 30 minutes just to talk it out. Is this even worth it? You know, um, uh, a lot of people do that too. So I would say just reach out and start having the conversation and, and just take one baby step and, and then go from there. And I mean, you and I, for the pelvic floor, you and I didn't work together. I wasn't coming to you like every week for months and months and months. There was like, a f you know, you taught me about like how my pelvic floor should feel, how I should, you know, I don't know, utilize it, learn how to yeah. breathe appropriately. And then I could take that and bring it into every other movement that I did, whether it was walking or lifting or yoga. So like now I have that information for life. Like I'm not going to forget about my pelvic floor now that I have the awareness of it. So even- I hope not. <laughs> or I will be coming back to you. Help. Well, um, maybe let's just double check. <laughs> I forgot about it again. Um, so anyway, thank you. Thank you so much for this. Do you do any um, coaching or mentoring for other um, physical therapists at this point? I, at this point, if you want to work at Oceanside, I'm all for talking to you, but I don't do, I, I, I mostly, it's just in our clinic and I still love uh, running the business and, and treating patients, but I'm doing more of the coaching. 
I, I feel like at this point, I've become more of an advocate helping people put their team together and putting all the pieces together um, f for themselves in the in the medical system. Um, so that's that's what I'm doing. So that's kind of my role at Oceanside as well. Um, you can have a localized treatment, but you can also see me and we can talk about wearables and HRV and get out a planner and talk about all the life stuff. And that's kind of what I'm doing too. I just heard from somebody that was in one of your coaching groups with the HRV. And she said it was a game changer for her, like absolute game changer. It's so cool. The data is so cool. And I think for so long you get out of your body and you don't even remember like what the messages are. And so sometimes the data just simplifies it and, and, and validates recovery, which is really what needs to happen. And so um, when all of the data goes in the right direction, when you laugh with your friends and hang out and don't stress about like doing a million things, it it's like, see, you need recovery. Like the data shows and everyone's like, got it, got it. I'm, I'm binge watching a show this weekend. And, and sometimes that's like what you need. Like, it's okay. Like our world is so crazy. You can't be productive every second of every day. Like it's just nuts. When I was tracking my HRV every day, I noticed that when I would open my Instagram and check my DMs, it would spike up into the red. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's some feedback for me. Great. Oh, no. The, the, uh, what I'm the pattern, the pattern that's definite across everybody is emotional stress is like eight hit workouts at once. And so, so oftentimes you think, oh, well, I'm going to do this workout and relieve stress. Sometimes, and it's not bad for you, but if you, check your DMS and then do a hit workout that, that, and, and you're in this place where you're trying to heal might not be a good combo, you know? And so to figure all that out of what is my combo, like, Ooh, like I actually really get back into a parasympathetic. Some people meditate, some people do yoga, I'm not big into yoga. I'm more of a journaler. And, um, you know, when, so you just have to find your own unique thumbprint of recovery. And that's what, what's been really cool. I've loved yeah. that. That that's, a, that's hugely important. That's one of the reasons that we started offering all different classes in your hormone revival. Cause I'm like, you might hate breath work and you might love EFT. So it's like, you have yeah. to find, like figure out your sauce, your secret sauce. Yeah. That's why when people are like, well, I should do yoga. I'm like, maybe, I don't know. Like it's not, it's yoga can be great for some people, but you don't like it. It's not going to be great. <laughs> like there's other things we can do that move your body breathe and get stronger. I remember we had a, a mutual client who said to you, just like, I just feel so happy and so calm when I'm walking in the woods and you're like, do that. That's the thing. That's your thing. Right there. That's what you do. And it was so great because she really did like all of her data, like went into parasympathetic and she had this great recovery time. And so we matched that. So when she worked out, we made sure she walked in the woods after like we brought, we trained her nervous system to, to fire appropriately and come back down again. When I walk in the woods, I love it. But guess what I do? I think, mm. <laughs> I think all it's like me checking a DMs. I'm like, I love it, but it's, it's not recovery. That's for sure. Like, and so it's different. It's different for both of us. Oh, this is so cool. Well, I know, hit I Kristen up if you want to get into the HRV being coached. You want to go deep. <laughs> or if you need some help with your pelvic floor. So thank you so much for coming on the show. A pleasure Love as it. always. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you got something from today's show, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share with a friend, and keep coming back for more. Take care of you.